um, one of the things that uh, I've just been thinking about the last, um, I guess, few weeks, um, Pastor Steve has been just there giving us this charge of who's your one. Um, and how many of you, you filled out the card and, and you put it up and we've got it up there on the cross that we had? How many of you did that? All right. Now, here's the deeper question real quick. And it was where my mind went this past week when I was reflecting on the last few sermons that Steve had been doing. How many of you have reached out to your one or you are already in the process of connecting with your one? Okay, good. And I didn't expect to see as many hands on that. And that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Because hopefully where you're at in this process of connecting with your one is that you're in a process of just prayer and, and maybe even reflection and just trying to think where is going to be my best opportunity to connect with this person and to perhaps begin to kind of cross that bridge and invest. And for many of you, um, here's where I think that I found a little bit of joy. I found some energy. I also found some desire to want to kind of kick in and, and do better at reaching my one right now. And I thought back to even Vacation Bible School. Um, many of you said that you attended a Vacation Bible School when you were a kid. Um, I did too. I, I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. Um, my parents took me to church all the time from the day that I was born until, and that is a blessing to have that. I realize not everybody gets that. My wife is one that never got that. The first time that she really got to go to church was as an older child um, with her grandmother. And then on her own, she went from the time she was 16 on, and that was when she accepted Christ. And every one of us has a little bit of a different story about when we accepted. But VBS is, like Steve said, is one of those staple events that we do as Southern Baptists that just provides opportunities for kids to begin their story. And here's the thing about it. A lot of our VBS workers this week now have their one. And it wasn't who they thought that it was going to be. They may have thought that it was going to be an adult or a neighbor or a coworker, but now some of you actually have a child who is your one. And that's really awesome because you've got a long-term investment there. And that's what we're going to kind of tap into today and then we're going to talk about um, for me, when I think back to who was it that invested in me, it was a lot of different people. It was a lot of people that decided I was going to be their one, and that probably wasn't the phrase that we used back then. Um, but I remember as an eight, nine-year-old that there was a guy by the name of Mr. Jim, and that is all I can remember about him. I do not remember his last name, but I also remember that he brought us um, some kind of a piece of candy every day to, to Sunday school. And I also remember that he sat us down in a small group and he opened up his Bible. And we didn't have a lot of fancy materials. We didn't have all the bells and whistles that we have today for kids and what we get to teach them and how we engage them and try to be relevant. But Mr. Jim opened up his Bible and he read stories to us. And he made them come alive. And to the point where we were so intrigued that we just wanted to know a little bit more. And that was passed on as a teenager for me, for this guy named Santiago Arguez. Oh my gosh, this guy was about 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he was, seemed like he was about as wide as he was tall, and he was stout. 
oh my gosh, this guy had muscles everywhere. He had, uh, the year that he was teaching our Sunday school class as a teenager, um, he was actually also trying out to be a lineman for the Dallas Cowboys. So you can imagine what kind of guy this he was. And he was a gentle giant. Santiago sat down with us, you know, 13, 14-year-old um, teenagers, and we were rough around the edges, and we were always cutting up and having fun. But as soon as we sat down in his class and he sat down in front of us with his awesome size, we tuned in. There wasn't a single one of us that didn't listen and that didn't pay attention to what Santiago had to say. And he just poured out what it was like for him as a teenager and what it was like for him growing and getting to know God's word and just what God's grace meant and how important that was to him. The other guy that was a part of that picture for me during that time was this guy, Kurt. He was our youth pastor. And Kurt, I became one of his one, definitely. One year, he just kind of took me on and he focused on me and said, you know what, I'm going to make sure that you do not stay where you're at because God's not finished with you yet and he wants to do other things with you. Now, I already knew Christ at that point, but I think part of what we've learned over the last few weeks is that Pastor Steve was trying to get across to us that it's not just bringing somebody and helping getting them to salvation, but really, honestly, part of our reward and joy is getting to walk with them, getting to disciple them, getting to pour into them, getting to help them to the point that they realize their full potential and that we've created a disciple maker. Isn't that exactly what Jesus did with his disciples? I love the engagement when he starts with every one of those guys for the first time. Coming up to him and calling them out, to come and be one of his one and to lead them along and to help them to grow and then just to keep teaching them along the way. And that's the part that really gets me fired up about a lot of that. And it comes from my own own childhood, my, my teen years. Kurt came up to me one day at the end of a worship service. And um, I had been a Christian for a few years, but I really had not been doing everything that God wanted me to do. And he handed me a piece of paper and he said, Scott, He said, meet me here this afternoon. And I just thought Kurt was the most awesome thing in the world at that point. I was really starting to just kind of grow in my walk, and things were exciting. And um, so I talked to my dad, 15 years old at the time, and I said, hey, would you mind driving me over to this place? Now, we didn't have GPS back then and phones and all that kind of stuff, and my dad was familiar with our town. Um, And so he drove me over. And we pull up in front of a nursing home. I was like, what in the world? I thought we were going to like go play miniature golf or we were going to hang out and go to the movies. We were going to grab some lunch. We were going to do something really, really cool. And here we are. We pull up. And here comes Kurt walking out of the nursing home. And he's got this lady with him, a little bit younger. And um, she is with him. And they're flipping through calendars. They're looking at notes. And I get out of the car. My dad said, I think that's, that's your... Uh, your appointment. And so I go and I walk up and Kurt introduces me to the director of the funeral home. And he says, this is Scott Blassengame. And he's going to be teaching a Bible study here for the next year. And I, my mouth, I'm telling you, I, I just was like, ah, I had never taught anything, much less a Bible study. And did I feel, oh my gosh, just completely terrified? Yeah, I did. Maybe just like the way that we have felt the last few weeks when Steve has been 
challenging us and pushing us and saying, who's your one? Well, you've been thinking about it. It's kind of come to mind. you got somebody that you want to invest in, but now this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. We've, we've been challenged, and we got two options. We can either leave that name up there on the cross that we've been praying about and really not do anything with it, or we could choose to step forward and do something. So I went out, and I picked up the phone. I called a few of my buddies. I thought, oh, I'm not riding this this train alone. There's going to be a couple more people with me. So I got a couple of other friends of mine, and we, we began going there every Sunday. After about six, seven months, God gave me the privilege of being able to lead the guy that owned the bowling alley in our town for the entire time I got to lead him to Christ, 94 years old. Here's a 16-year-old that knows nothing about the Bible other than Jesus loves me, and I knew which scriptures to go to. And I sat down and, and shared with him. And when I left that day, I knew that God had fulfilled exactly what we had been talking about for the last few weeks. God had given me a one. God had allowed me to share Christ with that one. And then God was giving me the chance to continue to share God's word with him and to grow. And we did that for the next several months. And I hope that um, after that, that he invested in other people in that nursing home because that was the idea, that we were leaving somebody there that knew Christ that wanted to continue to do that. Well, it didn't end there. Dr. Tom Wilkes, when I was in college, working on my ministry degree was another guy that just kind of walked along beside us. And he continued. And one of the things that he really just kind of came back to and, and showed us is that sometimes we just get hung up in trying to reach that one. And he said there's all kinds of things that we get hung up on. First off, it may just be fear. We're just flat out scared. We've got to go approach that person and either invite them to church or get them to, uh, to come and go to a Bible study with us or or we just feel like God's telling us to flat out share Christ with them right then and there. And sometimes it's fear, and sometimes it's just that we realize that we're caught up on the fact that maybe we just feel imperfect. I can't share Christ with that person. There's too much going on in my life. I'm not a good enough person to be able to do that. That's something for a pastor to do. That's something for a minister to do. Let me tell you, we're right there in the same boat you're in. There's not a single one of us that stand up here and deliver God's word that are any different from, than you are. Other than we we maybe have gone and got some more training, and obviously we've spent hours trying to prepare to share God's word with you, but we're in the same boat that you're in. And sometimes fear trips us up. And sometimes feeling imperfect and that I just don't have enough knowledge sometimes causes us to stumble. And maybe it's just that we're too complacent get to the point that we just really don't care. It's easy to come sit in these chairs. It's easy to be here every Sunday, to hang out with our friends and our social group. And that was where I was as a teenager a whole lot. For those of you that are youth, I, I hope that you find this youth group here comfortable. I hope you're connected to it and you love it. But at the same time, it's not exclusive to you. And that was something that I had to learn, that my church is not exclusive to me. It's not just designed for the ones that are sitting here in this room. Our goal is to reach one and another one and another one and another one and to have these people come back. And 
as I thought, how do we get out of that? How do we get out of the fears? How do we get out of the things that trip us up? How do we move forward to a point where we can actually successfully reach one and then we can also go and disciple them and grow them? And then what's really cool is when you actually see them turn around and share with someone else. I had that happen in a small group that I was leading with. Um, many of you know I was a church planner for a few years. And um, we had started in our house. We had developed a fairly good-sized small group where it was about 25 of us, 30 of us meeting in, in my living room. And it was getting to the point it was packed out. And there was one young man who, after about four or five months, finally made the decision to accept Christ. Um, he had very blatantly come to me one day and said, I'm an atheist, and, and I really don't want to have anything to do with God. And I was like, fine, why don't you come eat with me? at least instead. So I said, what do you think about most? And he was like, oh, I like most. And I said, well, good. Well, we'll just go and we'll chat and we'll talk. And we, we exchanged conversation. And one day after a couple of meetings at Mo's, over a burrito and some nachos, he accepted Christ. And the very thing that could have scared any of us actually ended up being something really cool that God orchestrated. Well, one day he, uh, he came, he asked if he could lead small group. I said, sure. I'd love for you to lead small group. And so Ben came, and we sat down in our living room, and we were at the point that I had been training him and a couple of others to go out and start their own small groups. And so Ben sat down, and he opened up his Bible. I thought, that looks really weird. What kind of Bible is that? And I leaned over, and I thought, I remember that from high school. He had a French Bible. This guy knew six languages. He was incredibly intelligent. But he opened up his French Bible and was reading it and in his brain translating it into English for us and telling the story and sharing Christ. And you know what happened that day was that there were people that had just recently, they were so fired up about their, where they were in God and they, had, they were new Christians. And they were like, if Ben can do that, I can do that. And I said, exactly. And I said, so who are the people you're going to invite to your small group? And then within a few months, we had five groups going. And it was because everybody had found their one. And they were reaching out to him, and they were sharing, and they were growing, and they were stepping out away from their fears and their complacency and everything. And it was because they were fresh in God's grace. And that was actually, I think, where I kind of began thinking, that's the verses that I want to share today with y'all. Now, I've got this incredible tree behind me on the screen. Um, if you've ever gone to the Charleston area, I believe this is called the uh, Angel Oak. Has anybody ever seen this before in person? Oh, I saw it for the first time um, several weeks ago. Incredible. This thing is just massive. And to think that it grew from one tiny little seed, and this one seemed to flourish. It grew. It's got these massive branches that reach all the way back down to the ground, and they just expand and grow. And not all the oaks around it turned out as pretty, but that one did really, really well. And I think it was because it got its roots strong, it tapped in, it grew Someone else took care of it, and it was able to flourish, and it was able to grow. And those are the verses that we're going to tap into today. If you've got your Bible, I want you to open it up to Colossians chapter 2. I'm also going to throw it up on the screen for you. And there's about two verses that we're going to just focus on today. Um, there's some others following that that I'm going to read for you in a minute, but you don't have to turn to those. I want you just to get these in your head. Because as I started thinking, how do we tap in 
and not get scared in how do we get past all the excuses and how do we move away from maybe the sins that we've stepped back to because that's the other thing that can hinder us from reaching our one. Sometimes we just slide back and we get back into this comfortableness and we forget about one very important thing and it shows up in verse 6 here. And so let's read um, these together and you can follow along as I am. So then, just as you received... Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And verse 6 is a big key to what I've been talking about up to this point. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, and I'm going to stop there. When did you accept Christ? How old were you? Think about it for just a second. What room were you sitting in? Who was the person that was talking to you? Who had invested in you? You realize you were their one? How did you feel? I'll tell you how I felt. I remember after all those people poured into me, I remember sitting in a pew in our church and we were, we were a, a much larger church, even the First Baptist here, and it was intimidating to walk down to the front of a church with that many people. But I remember sitting in a pew, and I thought, I felt so empty. As a nine-year-old, it was just unimaginable that I could even understand what I was feeling, but I felt so empty. And God wouldn't leave me alone. And finally, I just stepped out. And I don't remember every step between here and the front of that church when I got down to talk to my pastor. I really don't remember those steps. It was like I was like zoomed fast forward. You just take the one step and then just bam, it happens and you're down here. And I told him, I said, I need, I need Jesus in my heart. And so we talked about it with my dad later and I accepted Christ and that was really awesome. But for me... That was the excitement. That was the joy, and that's what I tap into when I start to feel complacent, when I start to feel like, oh, I don't know if I've got a one anymore. I don't know if there really is the energy and the drive and the desire in me to really want to go and disciple another person. That grace, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. That's what Paul's saying. Remember it. Tap into that energy. This is almost like a a pep talk, this entire part of the scripture. Remember God's grace. Remember it. Bathe in it. Soak yourself in it. And allow it to strengthen you and to encourage you. The next couple of verses talk about the word growth. And growth is super important if you're going to continue to develop and and to grow in your walk with Christ and to have that energy and that passion And so as we we look at the scripture again, it says, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And I know this says past tense there, but you've got to continue to live your lives in him. That's what that says. Don't forget, continue the education, continue the growth, continue to meet together continue to grow from one another, and we're real good at that, I think, here at First Baptist. We have a lot of people that are plugged into groups and small groups and extra studies, and if you haven't been attending one, you need to. 
Because if you're going to follow through and finding your one and discipling another person and not just showing up here on Sunday mornings, you've got to get plugged into that extra part. You've got to continue to grow in him. And then to be grounded. Grounded in God's word. I don't know about you, but early on in my faith, a lot of my, um, I guess, growth sometimes came from materials, and they're written by well, well-meaning people, and it's all great. Bible studies that we receive from others. In fact, I'm in the process of um, kind of going through our attic. We pulled down tons of boxes, and I opened up a box, and I found journals from when I was in junior high and high school that I had taken when I was a youth. And I was flipping through, and I was reading some of the things I had learned, some of the things I had been taught. And it's some of actually even some materials that we even use to this day um, that David and I use in, in some of our ministry stuff. And I was flipping through and I was reading, but those were great. And I started reflecting about where I was then and how those helped me to grow to where I am now. And I think at this point in my life, and I would encourage all of you to spend time in Bible studies, but also don't neglect just God's word. I love just opening up my Bible right now. And just letting it just speak to me and just pour into me. That's where you get grounded. That's where those big branches start developing off of you. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And we need to just pour into him. We need to allow him to strengthen us, to ground us, to be rooted, to be built up in him, to be strengthened in the faith where we glean from one another, we talk through these scriptures together, and we grow, and we develop. And then, finally, we get to the point where we really honestly, we just need to get going. All right? And that's what I really wanted to encourage you, I think, the most in today. It's great to have a sermon series where we say, hey, who's your one? We get some videos to pump us up. We have some great sermons that show us the importance of us and remind it. Today we've even reflected a little bit about what it was like for you to be your in that in that position. You were the one. And Jesus in the in the following verses after that, and, and I just want to, and if you've got your Bible open, you can follow along with me. Paul's almost just giving a pep rally. Here, he's just, he's grounding and then he's also going in and he's just kind of pumping us up and helping us to remember what it is that we need to be tapped into. Starting in verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceitful philosophies, which depend on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. So be careful about what you read. Be careful about what you study. Don't let yourself get bogged down and not have growth and not be grounded, all right? Love these next parts. And in, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. You know, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him in your faith in the working of God, 
who raised him from the dead. You were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. That same power, that same authority, that same ability to take on all of our sins, to die on the cross, to die and then to get back up and to be victorious and to be able to crush sin and to be able to be the creator of our world and our universe and of you and I. We get to tap into that. We get to approach God one-on-one. We get to ask for that same power, that same help. And so when you stop and you feel fear in your tracks and you think, I'm not the one that can reach out to one, I'm not the one that can share Christ with somebody, that's when you stop and say, Christ, I need your power. Christ, I need your help in this moment. The same power that you use to defeat sin, I need that in me in this moment. Ground me, grow me, and let's get going. Verses 13 through 15. He just kind of nails it all home for us. And when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive in Christ. Going back to that very beginning when he talked about grace. Continue, remember? Just as you receive Christ Jesus, continue to live your lives in him. And then down here he says again, God made you alive with Christ. He wants you to never, ever, ever forget what it was like when you accepted Christ. And so today I hope that that's the one thing that I've helped you to do, to think back to that decision and that energy and that excitement that you had. And I hope that you'll tap into that today. And I hope it will energize you and it will help you to get where you need to be in him. And having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it all away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them through the cross. It's almost like Paul is saying, hey, don't forget everything that Christ did for you. Ready? Everybody hands in. Come on and go team. Let's go get them. Don't forget God's grace. Don't forget growth. Don't forget to be grounded. And finally, last of all, let's get going. So what do we do with this today? You personally, don't forget what Christ has done in you. And today, when we spend some time praying here in a moment, I I hope that you'll just reflect on that and you'll just spend a moment just thanking God because that's exactly what we need to be doing. The last part of those verses that we had up there, and overflowing with thankfulness. Verbally, we need to lift that up to him, but here's the other way that you show your thankfulness. You get going. That means this afternoon, you go make a visit to your one. Okay? You can put it off. You can wait. I'll do it at the end of the summer. I'll do it when school starts. I'll do it when I get back from vacation. You pick up the phone and you go call your one. And you get going. And if fear just seems to stop you in your tracks right there, then you tap into that that power that we've been talking about today. The same power that was on the cross is going to give you the words to say, and it's going to help you. 
But maybe today you're just kind of in a different mode. Maybe you just kind of have slid back a little bit. And maybe you just kind of have not really been following God. You're not grounded. You haven't been growing. You're not where you need to be. I hope that today your decision is this, is that I'm not going to do that. I'm going to jump back into God's word. I'm going to get strong in it again. I'm going to be like that massive oak tree that I saw on the screen. And I'm just going to become everything that God wants me to be. And the fruit from that is going to multiply. And my life is going to overflow with thankfulness because I'm not going to let sin or my complacency or just riding the fence slow me down. I'm going to get excited about God's word. I'm going to get excited about what he did for me. And I'm going to go share that with others. And I'm going to start discipling. And each one of us becomes this massive oak of just branching out and reaching other people. Today you're here, possibly some of you, because guess what? You're that one. Somebody invited you. They asked you to be here. And was there a plan in that? Unashamedly, yes, there was. Because the person that brought you today wants you to know Christ. And maybe that's the decision that you need to make today. We're going to sing. I ask that you'd stand with me. I'm going to be up here down the front, and I want you just, Steve's here, and I think Jamie's here. And if you'd like to come to speak with one of us, and you'd just say, hey, I need, I need to receive Christ. That's where I'm at. Then just come and talk with one of us. We'd love to lead you in that. For the rest of you, maybe you just need to come back and pray for your one again. And maybe you need to pray for the boldness to step out and do that today. Let's sing together.